Tonight's program is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. The CHG is a family-oriented group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives geared at developing ice hockey in Hong Kong and southern China. Established in 2011, the CHG is comprised of various programs for players of all levels. From the exceptional Junior Tigers program, the HKBN Island League, the Learn to Play and Learn to Skate programs, all the way up to their adult leagues, which include the SCIHL, for those looking for a fun recreational experience, and the CIHL, which is the only elite full contact adult hockey league. If you're looking for some hockey equipment, or if you even need your skates sharpened, stop by the CHG showroom in Central, an exclusive reseller of Warrior and Power equipment. For more information about their programs, check out their website at ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's ChinaHockeyGroup.com. Hey, hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond, Hong Kong's first and only hockey podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ivany, and I'm here today with a returning guest, one of my favorite comedians, a guy who wears many hats as well. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian. He's a dad. He's a podcaster. And he also is a sports writer. So I'm really excited to have you here, Joe. Um, welcome to the podcast again. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, before we get into hockey, I want to get into a little bit of what about what's going on in your life here. Um, your new special, uh, Killing in Chicago, absolutely unbelievable. Congratulations on the special. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon Prime and YouTube. So yes, I was going to ask you that because I watched it on YouTube. I wasn't sure where else it was at. Um, yeah, I it's on a couple you, other things too, but yeah. the two big ones are Amazon and YouTube. Awesome. Um, you know, uh, I was introduced to you in 2010. My very first podcast I listened to was Monday Morning Podcast with Bill Burr. And, <laughs> and I think the very first episode, he mentions your name, as he, as he often does, uh, Rose Bowl, Tailgate Legend, Joe Bartnick. Um, so I've been following your comedy for a long time. And um, I just want to say your, your joke writing right now is at an elite level. It's just unbelievable oh, watching the progress. You. Thank yeah. you. Just, you know, just been grinding, man. I'm a third liner. <laughs> <laughs> I love the grind, man. I mean, it's, it shows how much hard work you put into to it and, and everything that you do. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, filming a special. Um, how did you pick the theater that you picked and, uh, and what was the process? Like how many shows did you do and things like that? Uh, well, I, we had a couple of cities narrowed it down and I love Chicago was yeah. my number one pick and so we picked chicago and then the den is a is a you know it's holds about 180 people so it was kind of perfect for me to do two shows there mm -hmm. i can get like four and about you know about 400 people and in, in, in chicago is a good draw for me and uh you know we filmed two shows because you gotta do two just in case yeah. uh one is not good enough so anything could happen in one so you gotta do two but the first one was it was great and I was really happy with it. everyone was happy with it. And then my great, great friend, Paul Versi said the best thing. He just goes, well, now you can send these jokes home. Everyone's like, you got one in the can. So he goes, yeah. Bill was happy. Everyone's just, now you can just enjoy the second one. So the second yeah. one, first one, I did like an hour five. Second one, I did like an hour 25. <laughs> and yeah. it was so much fun. And uh, we did it on Monday night. And, and um, 
in the spring. It was nice outside, and we broke the liquor record for the the den. The yes. den's liquor record was broke, and we kind of broke the seal on that venue too because now Paul Verzi, my great friend, just did his special this weekend there. Awesome. So, and a couple other guys have done it there since uh, Sam Morell, I believe. And actually, it was me and Todd Barry did the same. <laughs> Todd did Sunday. I did Monday. Okay. Uh, all things comedy produced them. So once you kind of get the venue and get kind of set, they, then you can, I had to do another one. So that's awesome. And, you know, I often hear when I'm watching other comedians talk about their specials, sometimes they do three shows and nine times out of 10, it's, it's the first one that comes out on top. I mean, I guess you, you've been preparing for that show for so long. I mean, the first one, you're well, just you know, ready. It's what's interesting is the first show went great, but everybody in attendance, like friends of mine and just, you know, confidants and, you know, my director and stuff, everyone thought the second show was just even, was like magical. Okay. And it was fantastic. But it's almost, you know, like that split second where, I'm kind of taking my time and more, even more relaxed or maybe do something and the crowd is really into it. Maybe they've had a couple more pops because it's like 11 o'clock and not yeah. 30. Yeah. Um, it doesn't come off when you're, I mean, and they're back to back when you're in the editing bay, like which one am I going to use? Which joke am I going to use? It's almost yeah. like the, it's almost like the earlier one is quicker. Cause it's, it's like just that little bit on screen pops better. If that makes right. any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so uh, going back a little bit further, uh, when you started stand-up, was it something that you had been thinking about like as a kid and just – are you obviously you're a funny guy. So were you always just the funny guy who just decided to jump up on an open mic one time? Uh, well, I just always wanted to do comedy. I always wanted okay. to be David Letterman or Dennis Miller okay. or Rodney Dangerfield. or I, I, I knew I could never be Eddie Murphy. I could never be any, any of these four guys I just mentioned. But, you know, I think um, – you know, David Letterman, uh, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller grew up like three subway stops from my house. And and then Eddie Murphy Delirious. Eddie Murphy yeah. Delirious was, for my generation of comics, like the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Like right. Eddie Murphy came out, he was like, oh, you don't have to be a guy in a sweater vest trying to make Johnny Carson laugh. You could come out in a red <laughs> leather outfit and. Yeah. rush after the bus boys you know I mean, <laughs> yeah eddie murphy's like superman i mean he's like spider i mean eddie murphy was like Jimi hendrix like he changed everything yeah it's funny you say that i was just listening to joe rogan yesterday and he said the same thing he said he could probably walk back on a stage tonight and still be at that level because that's how much talent is in that man and um and it was kind of a tragedy yeah. that we don't get to see him as much anymore because he, he does he's so talented he does so many other things but yeah, he really pushed the boundaries. I mean, he's 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 pretty much the only person, him and Steve Martin. But if you read Steve Martin's book, he kind of doesn't like he kind of didn't like doing stand up. Yeah, uh, but they're like the only kind of two guys people that ever just left. You know, not even for money, just because they love doing it. Look at Seinfeld; can't he's still doing? It. I mean, people with billions of dollars come back. But Eddie, he got the the Mark Twain Award. About three years ago, five maybe five years ago. I don't know. Yeah. COVID's messed up everyone's brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he just did like he just did like stand up for like ten minutes when he got his, his award. He just kind of riffed on yeah, and it was incredible. It was I like, know. He was He's like back. the funniest guy again. Like yeah, you win. Yeah, he wins. He he wins every time he stands on a stage. It seems. 
Uh, that's really great, man. I'm really proud of you. Happy for what's going on here in your comedy career. It's really been an exciting ride to watch the last the last 10, 12 years. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into some hockey, uh, Joe. Um, so those of you who don't know, Joe is a uh, host of the Puck Off podcast. Um, still still on my radar. I listen every week. Um, I love Joe and Fraser and Andy. Lots of great takes. They don't hold back. Good, honest answers. How are you feeling about the progress of the podcast? Because you guys have been going for not quite a few years now. How are you? How are you feeling about it? You know, it ebbs and flows. I I think we came out with a bang, and mm-hmm. we we and then we kind of slowed down, and then we kind of hit 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 big again, and now we're kind of you know we're around. <laughs> There's just yeah. a million hockey podcasts, and They're I around. feel like we I could really take another step. But you know, every now and then we catch lightning in a bottle. Like next week, I don't know when this comes out. We're gonna have Kevin Allen. Oh, uh, nice. For, formerly of USA Today, and he, he yeah. writes about the Red Wings now almost exclusively. But we've had him on before, and he's a great guest. So we got him. It's like as much effort as I put into it, it seems like I get out of it kind of like anything else in life. Yeah. But sometimes it's just fun just to talk with Andy and Frazier about hockey and not worrying about getting a big guest. It's just kind of, you know. I totally but I'm actually feel, starting yeah. another yeah. podcast with okay. a famous hockey writer, Knock on wood. I'm. I'm still. I'm not. I'm still. I'm not quitting puck off. Unfortunately, for yeah. people who hate listening to puck off, uh, <laughs> we, I get so many flyer fans that like hate listen. Um, <laughs> that. Uh, but I don't want to jinx it because it's still in the. Uh, yeah. Almost. It's still in the legal stages because he has to get clearance from his employer. But yeah. Um, so cool. Uh, but yeah, no that, and, and um, you know, I do my little pro hockey news, and I'm on the flagship station in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, every uh, once a week, I do soft dumps. So you know, I I, I just love hockey, and if, that's why yeah. I do that podcast. Everyone's not everyone. A lot of people want me to do a non-hockey podcast, but I, I never mm-hmm. feel like I'm. I, I know I don't know. I just like talking about hockey. Well, I mean, you got to follow your passions. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like this isn't our full time jobs, uh, and you kind of go through those ups and downs where you get a couple of huge guests, and you're like, oh man, I'm number one on the charts today. Or like you, know, you start looking at things like that and, and it's not, it's not real. It's like, you know, you're competing against sports nets and ESPNs and TSNs. And there's so many daily podcasts now. And like, I've cut it down. I used to have a co-host. I had two co-hosts over the, over the five years I've been doing this. And I'm kind of just like you now, I just want to sit down and talk hockey with people and with no pressure. Um, when yeah, a good guest comes like- around even better, but if not, Hey, let's just ch- let's just talk. Yeah, I mean, Andy got a really good day job, so he doesn't come on. He's not like every week yeah. anymore. So it's kind of like when he's on, I don't get a guest, <laughs> right? And then when he tells me he can't make it, then I got to scramble for a guest. So this time we'll see if he's yeah. on with Kevin. But but that's yeah. always because you know it, it, when when I you know I I'll get busy and Fraser get busy, and it's yeah. easy when it's the playoffs or it's easy when it's the beginning of the season or it's easy summer programming is easy. It's hard yeah. when it's like December 19th and like, well, what really changed <laughs> since December 9th? Yeah. Like, that I really know. We have to talk for an hour. So that's when Andy yeah. comes in perfectly because then me and Andy can just talk forever. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you, if you're not doing it daily, you're, you're often talking about a story that happened five, six days ago, right? And people kind of lose interest. But um, when you guys, when you're doing your podcast, are you chasing guests? Or do you just run into somebody, send someone a text? Um, how do you go about um, about finding people? I, I just thought, hey, we'd be great to see if Kevin will do it. And then Kevin's like, yeah, I'd love to come on again. Yeah, I just text some people. I, you know, 
I don't really go out of my way to get the guests anymore. If they've been on, they're friends, yeah. or I think they'll be good yeah. guests. Then we get them. I don't really, ch I don't really chase it. Honestly, if I would just bother people on the road, yeah, and where I'm at all the time, and just record and kind of send them back to my producer, we could do a lot of that. Yeah, and or just record and then not have maybe Fray. Like if, if it was just me and not Fraser and Andy, I'd probably have a lot of guests because of my more more my connections and just it would just be i wouldn't have to worry about coordinating with three people it'd yeah. be me yeah like hey phil bork or hey you know theo flurry or we had Theo but but yeah i mean it's just kind of like but then you get, get four guys together and then you know i i love my co-host that like our show's kind of us bsing and if we get a guest we yeah. get a guest kind of thing you know yeah. it's kind of um but because we do noon, we do three o'clock Wednesday afternoon, Eastern and noon is when we're in studio. So that's right. kind of like, it's not the, it's a good time for comics. Not a great time sometimes for hockey media guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you guys were kind of, um, I actually got a lot of ideas from you. I know like I reached out to you when I first started the pod podcast, you gave me some great advice and, and also like uh, just you guys segments, you know, like having that, you know, repeated thing that you do every week that people look forward to. I think that's really interesting. And like, you know, adding the music and the clever names, like all that stuff. Was that, was that kind of you guys just sitting around one day yeah, being like, it's, Hey, how can it's we... all of us. Yeah. I mean, we are kind of the dinosaurs of the, of the hockey podcast industry. <laughs> we, I mean, it used to, I mean cause we, we, our original network was sideshow and they had a huge reach. Mm -hmm. we, like our first season, we had, famous actors on everything and uh so we were like if you googled hockey podcast like we came up like third on the list at one you right. know, like a decade yeah. ago you know yeah. like we talked about how now this yeah. you know flooded with whatever but changed. yeah so we've been you know yeah we just enjoy it and we're talking along and it's opened a lot of uh, it's opened a lot of doors for me uh completely yeah. so i i have no regrets and the only, the only times i know about i never looked at the rating i've never done anything i just know when we how big our advertising checks are every now and then <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you got to stay from away from those ratings you know stay away from those ratings yeah the mothership um yeah so um you know when when we first talked and and this was the first talkie podcast in asia there was there were there had been a couple that had started uh, there was a there was a guy in japan that tried to do one they just never took off really. Um, I've been so lucky, like watching my, my whole idea. Like I was in the hockey world my whole life. Um, when I moved here, I took a break from hockey and I thought, okay, I'm enjoying this, not being at the rink seven days a week kind of thing. And, um, and then I started getting the itch. I'm like hearing about all these people in, in Asia doing awesome things and growing the sport. And, and it just kind of snowballed. And then one of my guests would come on and they would just lead me to somebody else. They'd say, Hey, I got a buddy that you could probably talk to. And that's kind of how it's gone for me. And now here we are five years in, um, the growth of the sport here in Asia has been phenomenal. Um, we've got, um, I'm involved pretty heavily now in the China hockey group, uh, as the deputy director of hockey, um, working, uh, working side by side with Robbie shrimp, who you might rec recognize the name. Yeah. I heard the name. Yeah. Before. So Robbie's uh, the director of hockey operations here now, and um, we've created an Asia Super League with our group. So we got tournaments next next month. We're going to Bangkok, and there'll be teams from Korea and Taiwan, and you know, even at U nine, U eleven, U thirteen levels. Like we're really, really trying to work so you together. You know Jimmy Pack. You know Jimmy Pack, right? 
Well, I don't know him. I don't okay. know him, but I know who he is. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, some, someone actually mentioned him to me not that long ago as somebody that I should talk to. Well, I mean, former Penguin Stanley Cup winner yeah. and my great friend who's uh, who's the uh, number one DJ in Pittsburgh, whose show I yeah. come on once a week in, is is Randy Bauman. Yeah. Randy bought Jimmy Pack's house. Oh, no <laughs> way. Yeah. So I literally celebrated Stanley Cup number five in Jimmy Pack's basement. Oh shit, that's awesome! Um, yeah, well, maybe maybe you can uh, connect me there. Uh, yeah, I love to talk to people who you know. I don't know where Jimmy grew up. Um, well, he grew up in Korea. Did yeah, but he moved to the states young, right? Like when he was in high school or teenager, maybe. I you know I think he moved to Canada because he got good at hockey. That's right. Kind of, okay. I mean, he's kind of pre-United States being very, I mean, he might've been in the United States. I think he moved to Canada, but I'm, okay. I'm not a hundred percent. Well, sure. he moved to North America anyway. And I mean, that's right. usually the, that's usually been the path for Asian hockey players. They get noticed when they're 12, 13, 14 years old, and they have to go um, right. right right now. Like that path is changing. Um, the Japanese professional league is unbelievable. Uh, really, really good hockey. Um, we got teams like the Philippines right now who have moved up two rankings in the, they're in, they're now in division three, II Jeff and they're winning. Um, so like they just won three of their first four games at the world championships, division three. So it's, it's amazing in the last 10 years, how much hockey has grown over here. And, and yeah, it's been really cool to kind of follow. I, um, I mean, I just, it's just such yeah. a fun sport. Yeah, I mean it's Australia too. I mean Australia's oh, Australia is huge right now. Huge, yeah, yeah, it's growing huge. Um, and uh, that we have actually have teams. We're hosting a tournament here uh, at the end of April, um, East West Classic. It's an international tournament, and we got teams from Australia coming. So it's really interesting to see. Oh, right on. Like I mean, I've been have, I've been have a rough style of play. <laughs> they're bringing a pro they're bringing one of their pros for the adult league for the adult division so it'll be interesting to see that it's just so weird man like growing up in nova scotia and being like you know this is a canada's everything the hockey in canada's canada's russia you know hockey doesn't exist anywhere else and now it's like hey man it's uh it's really growing so it's been a yeah. fun 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 ride when we're not talking about hockey on across the pond we're usually listening to music and after the number of hours our headphones spend on our sweaty ear holes, they usually need a little bit of TLC. Luckily, our buddy Brandon from Accessory House Global is there to help. If you're in need of replacement cables, ear pads, or heck, even a brand new carrying case, this is the one-stop shop you need to visit. Check them out on Instagram at TheRealAHG or visit their website at AccessoryHouseGlobal.com. You can even get a 20% discount on your first purchase by typing in... ATP 20. Tell them across the pond, sent ya. Um, so let's get into a little NHL talk, Joe. I know um, just last week, um, our well, one of our favorite players, I see his number on your wall behind you. I got his photo behind me. The great 68 Yermer Yager went to the rafters. What are your thoughts on this man? Um, he's still playing hockey. What can, what can you tell me? Were you able to make it to that ceremony or? Were you watching? Yeah, TV? I mean, I've you know, I, I'll tell the story again. Yeah, I was sitting. I I think you probably have, if you listen to Puck Off, you yeah. understand. I have loved Yarmir Yager since day one. He was a Penguin. Yeah, I was 
apoplectic that people would boo him all because some oh. idiotic columnist ran right. like said you know wrote a terrible column about him i still hate that guy i won't mention mm -hmm. his name because he's yeah. since retired and but uh and so and it, and it really kind of died down but anyway i mean two stanley cups five scoring titles with the penguins the captain incredible career then he then yeah. he played you know you know i went and then he played in a bunch of different places which everyone was okay with yeah. Uh, until he went to the Flyers, which is, you know, basically joining Al-Qaeda yeah. <laughs> when you're in Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, then he, you know, but it's always forgiven now. And uh, I just couldn't be any happier. And I waited so long and I just wanted fences to be mended among some people and, and in the organization. And they were. So I was sitting on my couch on Saturday and I saw a photo of Yager Lemieux. And probably in my favorite penguin, not in the Mount Rushmore of numbers like 71, 87, 68, yeah. 66, Ronnie Francis at dinner yeah. with Yager and Lemieux. And I just freaked out. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> why am I, why am I here? How am I not oh, there? Man, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I just hit up orbits and I didn't call in any favors or try. Cause I know the, the hardest ticket in town for, for a long time. And yeah, I just uh, ticket mastered or whatever the um, seat geek, whatever seat geek, whatever, and yeah. uh, bought a ticket, bought an airplane ticket, and flew the in overnight and landed Pittsburgh Sunday morning, and that was it. And had arguably the greatest day ever. Yeah. I, I was still smiling a week later. I mean, the two <laughs> things I'll never forget are just being. I got to cheer every penguin I loved all at one time. Like, I mean, they're all there. a like, special stage of, of players, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. one, Yogg's had an incredible speech. Every You knew it would be great. It exceeded everyone's expectations. Every yeah. like, ex-players, players, media, fans. It was it was incredible. But there's just one shot of he said something about Ronnie France because, like, the last three to come out were Francis, Lemieux, and then Yogg. So they were yeah. right behind him. And Yogg said something funny about Ronnie. And on the big screen, you could just see him, uh, Ronnie Yager, and Lemieux laughing, and it was just like I, yeah. I just I got to cheer that. And then Yogs took the skate, and I got to, and then he took a picture with Sid and Gino, and he was in the middle, so that I got to cheer Sid, Gino, and Yager at one time. So like oh, every man. you know, it, everyone was there. Kevin's only Trottier, who was at the outdoor game because he had to do, yeah. do that. Murphy working for the Red Wings. Other than that, just about every Penguin, Marty Straka had to had to be in Czechoslovakia. He was yeah. doing, owning it. I mean, literally the next twenty. I mean, the twenty biggest Penguins, barring those couple, were there. It was an incredible scene. Um, and and, and <laughs> you know, you're right. I, I, I mean, going forever, Chris. So cut me off. I mean, literally, <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. No, I know. I mean, what a special day for you as a as a hockey fan, number one, but as a Penguins fan, number two. Um, the ending too, when, when he brought his mom and, uh, his mom's crying, he's crying. It was like, oh, you everyone, know, everyone, everyone was welled up. And then you're yeah. like, you know, with ended intermission and there's just, you know, 18,000 grown men with like their eyes all red walking around like, oh my God. <laughs> I know it's so yeah. special. And I mean, I think in those moments, you, it brings a lot of the humanity back to hockey because we often forget who they're always wearing a helmet. You never really see them, get to know them. But when you listen to that man talk and the appreciation he had for 
the people in his life in his life and the ones who got him there. And and he's still oh. playing today. Like he's still his passion he's for hockey. Skate. He looked good. Yeah. He could have played. There's no way he couldn't be on our second power play or our first <laughs> no, power play the geez. way we're playing. You know, well, we'll, we'll no get way into that slower. in a sec. There's no way he's slower than Jeff Carter. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's right there with him. That's yeah. for sure. Um, you know, it's just what's impressive to me is people who are passionate about things. Like it could be anything. It could be, you know, mowing lawns. If you do it with that kind of passion, I'm excited to watch you do it. And Yogg's just oozes that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was a, it, was a, it was a great day. It was a great yeah. day. Great day. And then, Pittsburgh. you know, especially, you know, they put a new scoreboard or screen. So it was like watching all the Yager highlights. It was like, it was like I was in net. The screen was yeah. so, you know, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool, man. I got, I'm glad you got to, uh, to take that in. So let's get in. We're going to jump into the NHL right now. I'm going to start with your Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Start of the season, you know, not super high hopes on the Pens, but, uh, you know, most people thought they'd be there in the playoff race and fighting for a wild card. Um, there seems to be a lot of things going on with them um, in terms of is the Carlson Latang thing working out? That's one of the things I want to ask you about. But before we get to that, like I'm looking at Pittsburgh in the standings. They're a plus 14, and they're like – you know, not completely out of the wild card race, half a dozen points back or whatever, but teams ahead of them are, you know, minus 25, minus 33. How are they losing game? Are they just losing a lot of close games? And what do you, what do you, what are well, they, your overall they, thoughts here? They've lost a lot of over for, they couldn't figure out overtime for a while, which you thought Carlson would help them with that. Yeah. Um, so that's a big difference. The other thing was they beat San Jose like nine, nothing. So that kind of skews that. Um, uh, yes. maybe nine one, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Um, that excuse that. Um, you know, I thought that they, well, first of all, a couple of, I, I thought the Rangers would be in the mix. I didn't think the Rangers would be, uh, the number killing it like they are. I'm, I'm not yeah. anti Ranger whatsoever. I love watching them play, but they're way ahead. I never thought the, not even just my hatred of the Flyers, I never thought the Flyers would be where they're at. No. I, but I thought the Penguins would be, you know, in, 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 in a three seed or solidly in a wild card. And then possibly not win four rounds. I knew they weren't a Stanley Cup team, but I thought they could catch lightning in a bottle and maybe win a round, but not, yeah. not three. So, that's, so uh, you know, I, the wheels, after the first month of the season where Gino was second star of, of the month, um, mm -hmm. the wheels just come off. He's, he looks every bit of 37. And then right. he's not, I'm not like he's not trying hard. But last night against the Kraken, I mean, his hands betrayed him. He looked like me out there trying to get the you know, on a couple <laughs> shots. I mean, really, I you know, I mean, I love the man, but it, yeah, I don't know. And then uh, right now, you know, Jake being hurt, and then on the block is now. I think it, it said just if they had Rust last night, I think they could beat the Kraken. But Rusty got hurt uh, Sunday. I mean, they were in a tight spot anyway, even before Jake and Rust got hurt. But now they're really pushing against it. Um, yeah. Carlson has been pretty good. He hasn't been the hunt. I mean, like last night, he was sensational. And if we're going to stink, I'd rather watch him stink than stink with Chad Ruedel. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, although Chad's uh, defense with number six and, and, a, and a good guy. Yeah. You know, I, I but it's not, it's not Carlson's fault. Um, you know, if any, if anything, some of the guys that had not produced that we got, I mean, Riley Smith, 
he was great the first month with Gino. Then he went to the White House with his old team in Vegas and figured out he didn't want to be there anymore. He had the big, big, big boo-boo face. Uh, Raquel was like in, a, in the ice box for the first three months of the season. Uh, the bottom six is, eh, you know, I mean, Eller and Acharya played good third, fourth line center, but they're not really lighting it up. And the, oh, and number one, the power play is like last in the NHL with four yeah. Hall of Famer. They've tried everything except shoot the puck. Other than that, you know, I mean, they, they look great, you know, skating around with it, but it's yeah. been, a, it's been, a, a, if their power play was just 15th in the league, yeah. they'd probably be in a playoff spot right now, but it's like 30th. It's I kind mean, of a it, mystery. That's a mystery to me. And they've given up like 12 shorthanded goals and it kills momentum every yeah. game. Every time. Just, yeah. Every, you know, they're winning two, one, and then they have two straight power plays and they, they get slogged and then they, they get give up a shorthanded goal. It's two, two, and they lose. And they weren't good at getting loser points at the beginning of the season. They were good at losing clean, which you right. can't do nowadays. Yeah, that extra point always comes back to haunt you uh, the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think I know what you're trying to say. And Jari and Nadalkovich have been great. Um, my comment about the Carlson Latang thing is that, like, you know, do you need both of those guys or could you have had – two more defensemen or maybe a defenseman and, and a solid fourth liner. Um, it just seems to me like, you know, they're kind of similar players. I know Latang is, you know, plays a little gritty or a little different style game, but they're both puck carrying defensemen that can run a power play. How many of those guys do you really need? You are correct. Although it kind of woke up Latang. This has been the best Latang's played in five or six years. And yeah. It's been the most mistake-free he's been ever. I think okay. the Tang's only made like less than he's made less than ten tanger plays this season, <laughs> where he used to make ten tanger plays on a weekend. Yeah, so true, you know, point. yeah, and um, if if Carlson refused to play, had a tragedy in his family, I just pulled a big Dustin Bufflin and quit hockey. If he mm. never showed up in Pittsburgh, it still would have been the fourth or fifth best trade ever in Penguin history mm. to get rid of the garbage they they did. The stench of the yeah. players that a-hole Ron Hextall, who I still think was a spy for the Flyers, just to ruin <laughs> our franchise, just to get rid of all that garbage in the stench of those guys, it was worth it. It was just worth it. This, yeah. you know, okay, okay so yeah, he wasn't going to score a hundred. You know, it's like he was on the Sharks, and God bless the Sharks. But it's like a, it's like a terrible basketball player getting twenty five points a game on. I don't even know who's bad in the NBA, but you know, on the old Clippers, like someone's yeah. going to score twenty five points a game. Someone so, has to assess it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you know, he got a hundred points by no him shooting every puck and having the puck the whole time and doing. He wasn't going to get that. In, in Pittsburgh. So, but yeah. I mean, has he been, he's been, he's been disappointing in some respects, but he's been, he's been pretty good to be honest with yeah. you. And he, and he's, everyone deserves a blame for the power play. He deserves yeah. blame for that as much as yeah. everybody else, even sure. Sir Sidney. But yeah. after that, I, I don't blame him for our season whatsoever. And I yeah. think he's played some pretty good hockey. And yeah, I he, think and, yeah. he cares. He's not playing like he doesn't care like Riley Smith. He, he cares. Right. 
you know, I think we, there might have been a little bit extra hype going into the season because, you know, it was kind of like this is our last chance with this core group. And uh, I, I was sold. I thought, you know, and then the first month of the season, like you said, Gino went nuts. He was playing like 10 years ago. And you're like, oh, wait, these guys are going to really, they're really going to have a chance this year. And then, yeah, the wheels have kind of come off. Yeah, I mean, I, I the best chance, the last real chance we had was two years ago when Truba knocked out Crosby. And I don't blame Truba whatsoever. It was it was mm-hmm. moderately dirty, but it was it was it was hockey. Yeah. We were still winning game five, we were winning game six, and we were winning game seven. They had no one to blame but themselves. Other than Hextel, yeah. who went out and got Ricard Raquel when he should have got Josh Manson and Nick Delorier from the Ducks that year. We were defensemen oh. and a little bit of grit away from really, really, really competing for the Stanley Cup that year. That was our last real chance, uh, in my opinion. But yeah. the thing is, everyone says, oh, these, the big the big three is signed for too long and so much money. Letang, they see signed a $6 million deal. Like, it's not that yeah. much for what he no. does. And now Gino, he's fallen off a cliff the last two months. But before Christmas, he was easily worth $6 million. Yeah, so totally. The money's not that big of a deal. I mean, the money isn't that big of a deal. It's just a storyline people like to talk. They just can't wait to get Crosby and the Penguins. They, they so in a different story. The media. Yeah, totally. The yeah, that's that's so true. And I like your point about that Raquel move because they had enough. I think they had enough like medium-sized soft forwards. Uh, they should have got a little tougher heading into that that playoff run. Even if even if they didn't want Nikki D, although. Sully would have played Nicky D because he kills penalties. He was really good shorthanded, and he is a legitimate hockey player. Yeah, uh, Manson, they could they, man uh, Josh Manson. I mean, he, he I won mean, the cup yeah. for Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they could have used Josh. They could they could yeah. still use Josh Manson. They yeah. could still use Nick Deloria. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's our insider look at the pens. Thanks, Joe. Um, I know you got a busy night ahead of you, and I only got a little short bit of time with you. Um, oh, we got 15 minutes. We got 15 minutes. Okay, so there's some things uh, I want to talk to you about the trade deadline. But before we get to that, there's already been a few interesting trades. Um, you know, um, Vancouver, as always, they always jump out early. It's seemingly making a couple early moves, trying to get the ball rolling. They um, are, baby. Yeah, every time, right? Uh, he likes to get, uh, he thinks he does his scouting in September and October. Um, and then, uh, so Lind, the Lindholm move, uh, I want to ask you about that first. Um, and I know I'm wearing a Canucks sweater right now. Um, not that I'm a, I'm a Habs fan, but I just like this sweater and I was in Vancouver and I picked it up. Um, what are your thoughts on the Canucks? Are you get, are you seeing any other games? Um, they've yeah, kind of I've had seen a, them. Yeah. I saw them personally in Pittsburgh. They, they, uh, the, the, uh, they beat the Penguins in overtime. And, uh, I just watched them last night against the Penguins when the Penguins won. Um, they re- in Pittsburgh, they reminded me of the Penguins of uh, vintage Sid and Gino because I thought they, they scored a couple goals so easy in the first period that then they toyed with us and let us back in and gave us the loser point. Um, right. I think they're ultra talented. And I think Lindholm helps. And I think now they have to invent a couple ways. And I'm sure Ricky will invent a couple ways to pay attention and get worried about the season. Uh, they're in a little bit of a swoon right now. So maybe they they just, are, yeah. that's, that's good for them. Cause I think yeah. when you're in first the whole season, I think come March and April, you get like, what are we playing for? You kind of lose mm-hmm. that edge against teams. that have been kind of fighting the whole way, but I think they will be right there. I think they could use, everyone could use depth defensemen for sure. And they could probably mm-hmm. use another banger. 
you know, on the um, yeah. in, on the back end, and probably maybe another fourth liner. But I, I think they're very deep. They're well coached, and uh, I think they're going to be there. The problem with the West is there's six teams that you can legitimately say they're going to be there at the end. So yeah, that's true. And uh, when they're going through these, like I watch, I watch a lot of Canucks games because of the time change. So like th- those games will start at like eleven here, eleven o'clock or ten o'clock, so in the morning. The other games start at 7 a.m. I don't always catch those ones. But uh, I watch a lot of Nux games, and even when they're not playing well, they've still they've got the X factor of Thatcher Demko. He's been holding them in games, periods of games. Maybe they're a, just a 10-minute span in a game where they're they're not playing well. And Demko's right. world-class. Well, yeah, and, and, Pedersen's, and Pedersen and JT Miller and Besser can bear it. Just They just need one chance. One chance, you're right. Good one chance, you know that. What's which really helps, and you know, I, I, I'm, I think they're a very good team. But you know, the problem is, is they just stay on top because uh, Vegas, if Vegas and Edmonton could beat the hell out of each other, that would really help them out. Yeah, hundred percent. And they probably will. You still have Dallas and the Avalanche in the Central. Like I said, there's there are five six teams that I, I just think any one of them could. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna laugh when you say they're they made they're they're coming out of the West, you know. Wheel Hub Asia is committed to building community and bringing accessibility to inline hockey players in Southeast Asia. They've just started a new program called Three Inline, which is Hong Kong's first three on three inline hockey league. Wheel Hub Asia stands for professionalism and collaboration. For inline hockey players, by inline hockey players. For all your inline hockey needs, head to their website at wheelhubasia.com. Well, you just mentioned Dallas Stars, and they made a, a real uh, real big move uh, just a couple days ago, or was it yesterday, uh, bringing in Brandon Tanev. Uh, Dallas Stars, legit. I thought they could have went all the way the last two years. I mean, this, is, this might be their year. Uh, what do you think about that trade? I mean, if you look at the trade, they're paying nothing. Yeah, salaries are being retained. Like it's just a wild trade to get a really, really solid player. Well, uh, even before they made this trade, I had the Dallas as my dark horse to win the West, and it seemed like a lot of people were jumping at where it wasn't quite a dark horse anymore. And I mean, they're that good; they don't have to be a dark horse. I love Ottinger, and I think you start there. Uh, I love Heskinen. I think they go like nine deep. Duchesne came in there and really revived his career. You yeah, got Pavelski. R- Rupe Hints reminds me of a young Gino Malkin, the way he just gallops. It's like you, it's, it's almost like he is like Iron Maiden, a, a theme song, yeah. you know, like Run of the Hills. He's galloping through <laughs> yeah. center ice. I I absolutely loved uh, J- Jason Robertson. He played hockey like 10 minutes from where I live right now. The yeah. Pasadena kid. Uh, Sagan's playing hockey. Jamie, but, I mean, I love the Dallas Stars. Uh, Chris Tanev. I'm glad they didn't pay too much for him because I kind of think he's a little bit overrated. I don't, I don't know when he became Ray Bork. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, had say, to have I think Chris I might have said Brandon Tanner by accident. There. Yeah, so I didn't want right. to correct you. I, oh, yeah, yeah you're, you feel free to correct me anytime, bud. No, uh, but the, you got Brandon Tanner. Don't you hear about him in Pittsburgh? They yeah. still had Brandon Tanner and, and, <laughs> yeah. and Jared McCann. But it's like, I know Hextall screwed that up, but I will say about Tanner and McCann, the same thing I'll say about Chris Tanner. Who the hell did they ever beat? No, I don't remember. Sure. I don't remember Jared McCann ever winning a playoff series. 
So I, I when he left, it's like I, I know he's better than you know whatever Dominic Simone, but please, you, you, we didn't we didn't let you lose Mike Bossy, but Tampa yeah. will help the Dallas Stars because I think they were one or two defensemen away. I think Dallas is loaded for bear, and they'll be playing the uh, Colorado Avalanche in the you know in the, in the second round, and yeah. that'll be a war. Yeah, and I think you know that's the reason Tanev's there because he's a guy who can go to war. Uh, I, there were talks that he was going to be traded for a first rounder, and I was like, "You're right. Like, what has this guy ever done to be, you know, to prove that?" Well, but the, he's, he's the he's, bidding he's, was he's, up. I mean, he was the number yes, one. Defender. Exactly. Yeah, but I think people weren't looking into the. I, you know, I don't know. I would have tried really hard to get to get. Um, uh, Pareko out of St. Louis. I think, Louis, I think yeah. there's some guys that could have been with a little ingenuity. I mean, and it wouldn't have taken much to get like a Joel Edmondson out of Washington. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it, I, I, I mean, Tatum's a little, I may probably a little younger, maybe a little more mobile. I, I don't know. I just didn't see this whole thing with, with, uh, Tan of being, like I say, like this incredible defenseman. He's, he's okay. Yeah, but I don't think yeah. he's not changed anything. It's all like all of a sudden Dallas is all oh, well, they're going to win for sure. No, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. He's not a, a guy who's going to completely change a franchise, but he'll he'll be there in the in the trenches when they need him. I think, uh, in that, especially in that first round. Yeah, a um, couple other quick trades: uh, the Monahan trade to the Jets. Um, Jets struggle to score goals. Uh, Monahan can score goals. He hasn't done that in Winnipeg yet. He showed signs. In Montreal, that he was finding a bit of his own game, um, you know, after the hip surgeries. And, you know, I had hope for him that he was going to be able to really help the Habs. Um, a little well, bit sad to see scored, him go. Um, I think he scored like a couple, like maybe three goals in his first four games. He came out hot. He came in hot. the Jets. And yeah. now he's kind of slowed down a little bit. You know, but they just needed top nine forward, top a, a, yeah. a good second line center. It was a, it yeah. was a good trade for them. They jumped out I early, got so, Monahan yeah. because now they'd be bidding against people. So I thought yeah. finally the Jets pulled the trigger and got somebody that they kind of needed. Yeah, I'd like to see the Jets make a run, man, because their fan base really needs it right now. Um, not a trade, but a signing, maybe the biggest one of the year, and it's proven Stevie Wise a genius right now with uh, Patrick Kane, who's who's absolutely been on fire lately, and the Detroit Red Wings have climbed the standings. A uh, few thoughts yeah. on Kaner and, and the wings. Uh, Patrick Kane, uh, you know, he basically, Chris Chelios, the greatest American hockey player ever, and he went in and ruined his ceremony and, <laughs> when he scored the overtime winner for Detroit. Yeah. I, I, I think Stevie Y is the best GM in the last 20 years. Uh, him or he, he'll have to wrestle the, him and JR can wrestle for yeah. it. But you know, he built Tampa Bay. I just thought it was a, such a shrewd move because they've gotten increment incrementally better every year, but they still maybe didn't have that one superstar that can walk in the room and say, follow me boys. And they yeah. got that guy. Jump on. He's got three rings and let's face it. He's a little chip on his shoulder now because he, uh, you know, he didn't go so well in New York city. So right. it's kind of like, Hey, I still got it. I'm going to prove to everybody. I still got, it. I'm not here just to play cards on the plane and talk about yeah. the old days. And now Larkin has, I mean, everyone likes Lucas Raymond. I mean, David Perron's a clutch, but now Larkin's got a Hall of Fame sniper on his wing. Yeah. And, and, and a pretty good playoff winner. And uh, I am all about the Red Wings. I, I would love to see them win a round or two. I don't know if yeah. they will. 
you know, I think they're a guy, a guy, they're a team that I, I could have seen that could hand up, could have really changed, you know, even though the D's playing better than I thought it was going to this year. He's a guy that could have stepped in with that top four in Detroit and really kind of changed a little, a few things there. Yeah. That's um, a good, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. The Red Wings, I mean, they're a team that, uh, there's this DBY, like you said, very patient, uh, actually developing t- players throughout the AHL system in the farm teams. Like it's not something you see a lot of, of a lot of GMs doing these days. And it's, you know, they're going to be a good team for a lot of years, I think. And yes, yeah, that's that. That's the point, Chris. And the other, yeah. and because you know, it was for a long time, not a long time, for a few years. You, you see their top end guys. You're like, they're pretty good, and they kind of rushed. Oh, they're going to be making the playoffs. We're making the playoffs, and every year, kind of like, I would do the picks, and I'd be like, I just don't see them jumping just quite yet. Like, yeah. And then this year, I this year I put them in in the preseason because I'm like, I think they just have enough this year, and then came. He came out on fire, which really tipped the balance. But yeah, it's the first time, you know, probably since they made the playoffs five years ago, six years ago, and maybe that you yeah. look and they on their forwards are 12 legitimate NHLers. Like that's a legitimate roster, okay. not like six guys yeah, and six guys. True. Who knows? Yeah, that's very true. Good point. Um, next, we got the trade deadline coming. Uh, a couple names on the board. Any predictions? Any thoughts? Who's going where? Um, are we getting any goaltender moves? What are you? I I know I listen to your podcast, so I know I know some of your predictions already. But for my my listeners, uh, well, go ahead, sharing? bring them out of me. I forget what I say half the time anyway. <laughs> well, I, I talk so much. With, I talk so much BS and hockey on radio and podcast. I don't know who I told what. <laughs> I want to talk about Flower. Um, oh, do you I, think, don't, I don't. Flower's not going anywhere. Even Billy Garen. You think he's, he's not going to go anywhere? No, I know. Uh, Billy Garen said as much. So. Okay. All right. Well, no flower moving anywhere. Do you see any other um, goalies moving moving at the at the deadline? I, I think Nedeljkovic, Penguins backup, could be gone because he's a pretty good. He's a he's had a very good year, and and we have two guys yeah. in the minors that can come in and play if yeah. you know if need be. Uh, it, 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 there's one point when I thought even Jari could be dangled out to a true contender, but. Uh, Jari's just played so well. I, I I can't see us give giving up on him. His actually his salary is kind of better than his re- his record's so good. It's kind of like wow, he kind of got got him on the cheap. If you look at his play, um, I think you know the normal suspected mediocre, you know the Jake Allen's of the world will probably get shifted around a little bit. Yeah, I was going to ask. That was my next question. Yeah, I mean, I think that since Nashville's playing well, I thought for sure. That Barry Trotz would be dangling Soros out, but no, yeah. Nashville's in the playoffs. Playoffs. I know. So I don't <laughs> think he's going anywhere. You know, but at one time I thought that Soros. I think Soros is the. I mean, if Soros would have went somewhere, he could have changed the course of history. But, and I guess Markstrom is on the block. The thing is, is who really needs like the Kings could use, could use Markstrom. The mm-hmm. Kings could use Soros. Some of the other teams. I mean, that's why I think Nadalkovich would be good for like Edmonton. Because I think he'd be a good backup to Skinner, you right. know. Yeah, good um, point. Like S- Samsonov, Simsonov, like him and Wall. Wall came back. He played good last night. Yeah. You know, is you know, like I'm trying to think of who would be out. You know, is okay. I said I said on Pakov. Like, is Flower? Flowers had some good games this year, but then he's kind of like old Flower. Not old. Yeah. Re- remember Flower? Just old Flower. Better than a grade A Simpson Simpsonoff or, or a grade A wall. No. Like no, no. 
Now he's better than anything in in L.A. Yes, you know that's true. But, but he might not want to go there. So I, I yeah. just think like 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 Markstrom, like would Toronto really? I guess I guess Markstrom's better than what Toronto has. Yeah. Okay, but I, I I said this on my podcast too. I think Toronto is a team better off what the capital you would need if it's not Soros. Yeah. The capital you would need to get Markstrom, I would just go get two a number three and a number six defenseman. Yep. And try playing better yeah, that's, defense. In front of that's a good point. Um, I had um, Ben Ben Scrivens on the podcast, and he talked about um, how you don't really need to spend $10 million on a goalie. You can have two goalies at $5 million and have a better team around them. And he, he made some really good points around that. Um, so I agree. Uh, I'd like to see Flower in somewhere like Edmonton because – with his experience, he can walk into a playoff series halfway through it and steal a game. I don't think he's going to play 25 games the rest of the season, you know, that, in that role. But you, he can walk in and steal a game at any time. He just has that in him. He's got that magic powder. He does. Although I think Skinner's played pretty good. Yeah, he has. But, I mean, if something that happens to him, where do you go from Oh, there? yeah, well, I, I, absolutely yeah. Flower yeah. would be the best backup, other than maybe Jonathan Quick. In, yeah, the well, he's been right doing now, all right which, with the Rangers too, which is ridiculous. Because I mean, I thought Quickie's last season in in LA was painful. Because I love Quickie. Yeah, uh, I when I worked at Fox, I got to meet him a couple of times. Great dude. And then, I mean, his last season out west here with between Vegas and I think the Dogs was awful. <laughs> it's yeah. terrible. So yeah. uh, what he's doing, and uh, you know, actually, maybe Allmark might go. Maybe Allmark in Boston is going to go to LA. I don't, I mean, something's crazy is probably going to happen, but yeah. the flower's not going anywhere. You heard it here. Uh, final thoughts, Joe, um, is Jake Gensel being traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins? Yes or no? Yes. I Jacob Chicken. Is Jacob, Jacob Chicken? No, I don't want Jacob. No, I don't, no. I don't is want Jacob Chicken being traded again? Is he, is he on his way out of Ottawa? Yeah, Probably. Yeah. If somebody, yeah, prob- I mean, they got to get, well, although, you know, either him or Shabbat, they got to get rid of somebody. They, you know, they got to get rid of everybody, but Brady Kachuk is really going to get rid of. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Kachuk is in a prison. Like this guy's yeah. such an animal and he plays with a bunch of babies that can never do anything. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they'll get rid of Shabbat too young, too much upside. Um, Tarasenko's got to go, in my opinion. He just doesn't fit into that rebuild at this point. They're still Ottawa's five years away from being a playoff contender. Uh, and they've got some great young talent there. I don't know about five, but they're uh, you know they're going to stink and then be good when it doesn't. They're always good when it doesn't matter. So at least I'm happy they're playing good for my buddy Jacques Martin. Oh, uh, I love seeing them behind the bench. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, really, the rest of those. I mean, you talk about an oh, most. Uh, I like Vlad. And I, 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 and they're probably the team, one of the teams I watch the least. And I watch a lot of hockey is Ottawa. Yeah. So I can't speak to how he's played this year, but I'm not going to knock uh, Vlad. He's got his ring. Yeah. And it's not his fault. He got shipped there. Or I guess he's, no, I know. It's, I, yeah, I love but, him but, too. He's a great player. But, you know, most of those guys on a team, like they act like they've, they're superstars. They've never done anything. Zero. I mean, Nothing. Yeah. Not even Nothing. made. Not even made a play. Not even made the playoffs. Not even yeah. scared. Not even scared an eighth seed in a wild card that they might make the playoffs. Yeah, and those guys have contracts. 
They've been, they're just <laughs> happy they've had the Leafs number the last few years. Yeah, you know we'll, <laughs> that's the we'll, Stanley Cup. Yeah, we we'll see. But you know, but now you look at it, you know, not only is is Tampa Bay not going anywhere. I mean, now yeah. now Detroit really did jump them. Yeah, and I did. don't know how Buffalo. I I picked Buffalo to jump them too. So and yeah. I don't know what's wrong with Buffalo. That's a whole other episode. But, yeah, I know. I mean, I Ottawa's to ask really you about the, New Jersey too, but it's we don't we're running out of time here. Well, Jersey need Jersey could use Markstrom. And Jersey yeah. um, has had a couple injuries not go their way. And, yeah. you know, hey, Adam Graves, uh, Adam Graves, uh, Ryan Graves, our Ryan Graves, Graves yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been mediocre at best. So I can see why they want to give him a big contract. But they lost him. They lost the one guy to Columbus. They're down two defensemen from last year that played 20 minutes a game. And then now they lost Dougie. So. Yeah. At some point, you just need guys to play defense. I mean, I, Jack Hughes is a, is an electric, and Nico's yeah. great, and they, they have a nice roster up front, and some good young defensemen. But at some point, you need some veteran older men, you know, with hair on their chest. <laughs> they can they, they can hit someone in a corner, and I don't have any of those guys anymore. So it's it's yeah. been I'm still climb for Jersey. You know, it's been, yeah. it's, been, it's been a rough year, and I and I love Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff is one of the greatest people and coaches in the NHL. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Joe, I know you're a busy man. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for carving out some time for me. Um, I was going to get into some predictions with you, but I think we'll save that to closer to the playoffs, and either I'll, I'll chat with you and I'll post them on our on our social medias and uh, and share that with our listeners uh, in another way. Um, tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, you're, are you heading? Where are you heading tonight? Did you say you're going to? Uh, uh, the Long Beach Laugh on? Factory. So the it's a hell of a compute from uh, <laughs> where you're at. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't make it. I'm not going to be there. I'm sorry. You can take no, my name okay. off the guest yeah, list. Well, it's, already, it's, already, it's yesterday to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it already happened. Um, yeah, it already how happened. How about um, how can people find you, uh, your new special? Uh, JoeBartnick.com. All my dates, or all the, most of the big dates are there. I'm in Philly next Sunday, the 10th. I'm in um, Nashville, the 12th of March. The thirteenth, I will be in Chicago, Sweet Home Chicago, and then I'm in um, uh, San Francisco. The twentieth, the twenty-first, I'm in Denver, and then May twenty-third, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Those are some of the bigger cities, I'm, or some of the bigger ones I know off the top of my head. Awesome. And listen, uh, I know your friend Bill's been over here in Hong Kong before. Get over here, break, jump on the jump on the the Hong Kong bandwagon. Segura was just here. Big names are coming in. We want to hear. We want to see you. Yeah, big we, names, exactly. Not not medium names. Medium names no, are still no. a lot of Hey, <laughs> you're there, buddy. You're right there. Uh, and plus, we could do a podcast live in the studio when you come. Oh, that'd so, be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, guest Jimmy Pack. We'll get yes, Jimmy back. Do that. Bring him with you. Anyway, Joe, thanks again for your time. Have a great weekend. Hey, and, Chris, uh, anytime. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Take care. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, Wheel Hub Asia, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com, Yardley Brothers Beer, and of course, Sunset Studio. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Across the Pond HK. Email us, send in your comments and questions to the show at any time at Across the Pond HK at gmail.com.